Have you ever run a marathon? If you have, you'll probably know exactly what Kayla is talking about in this episode when she talks about mile 18. And if you're like me and you haven't yet run a marathon, you might be convinced to try it. Today's guest, Kayla Pearson, thinks everyone, especially entrepreneurs, should run a marathon. Why? Because it's the perfect analogy for starting a business. When you start the race, you're feeling good. That's the fun part where the adrenaline's pumping and everyone's cheering you on from the sidelines. Starting a business is the same. It's fun to think through business ideas, come up with a new name, and announce it to all your friends. Then comes the consistency part. And this is where a lot of entrepreneurs drop off. It gets harder to keep going, and then you hit a wall at around mile 18. This is where you basically go, oh my God, what did I get myself into? What am I doing here? How am I going to get out of this? And according to Kayla, that's where you just have to grind through it, mind over matter, whether you walk, run, or crawl. Once you're past that point, you start to see the finish line. Six more miles, then three, then one. When we recorded this episode, Kayla was exactly at mile 18 of running her business, Surf Soap. As an ocean lover and surfer living in Hawaii, Kayla created this three-in-one shampoo, conditioner, and soap bar that is ocean safe. One that you could use to shower off on the beach and not worry about microplastics going into the ocean. With the help of her husband, Ben, she launched the business last November, and they've already shipped out 2,000 orders. In this episode, we talk about how Kayla's training as a hairdresser and in the army helped prepare her to run this business, how to stay consistent and get past that mile 18 when you're running a business and avoid burnout, and how she manages her time running a business on top of working in the army and being a mom. As you're listening to this episode, I would love to know where you're tuning in from. Take a picture of where you're listening and tag me on a story at Inside Out with Jane. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, be sure to hit follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All right, on to the show. This is Inside Out with Jane Z, the podcast that helps you build a thriving business without losing your mind. My name is Jane, and my mission is to help you build and grow your business while having time for the people and things that matter in your life. Join me every Tuesday as I sit down with an entrepreneur who's already building their dream business. We'll walk through their journey, tips for success, and how to mentally prepare for the long road ahead. Because building your dream business and dream life is the long game. And that's what we're all about right here on Inside Out. Welcome to the podcast, Kayla. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. I'm excited to be here. I'd love to start with your background and your company, Surf Soap, and how that all got started. I grew up in California, so the ocean has always been in my blood. And when I was in elementary school, my family and I moved to Utah, so I was landlocked for a while. And as soon as I could, I got out and moved to Florida. Before I did that, I actually went to cosmetology school at Palmetto School in Salt Lake City, which will come into play in a little bit. And then I moved to Florida. And from there, I actually joined the Army 
And I've been to Korea and Washington, D.C. And after Washington, D.C., we got posted here to Hawaii. I was like so excited because I had surfed in Florida. That's kind of where I learned. I'd surfed in California. It's too cold because I'm a wuss. Uh, (laughs) And so I was so excited to get back into Hawaii and get back into surfing. So I'm still in the army. And so time is of the essence. So I'm going right in the mornings. So I was showering off to get ready to go to work. And I started noticing these signs on the beach showers that say no soap and no shampoos. And I was just really Hmm. curious about why those were there. Like, why does that matter? You know, like we kind of drain everything anyway. So why does it matter? Mm. And so I started doing a lot of research about it. And it turns out that a lot of our uh, shampoos and soaps, and we're talking, you know, like your your car soap and everything, they contain really, really harsh detergents that are Mm. actually really bad for the aquatic life. And what they do is they actually change the density of the water. And so fish take their oxygen through the water. And so if you're changing the density of the water, basically you're making it wetter and it's not Mm. good for the fish. It's not good for the corals. And it just has Mm. a lot of really negative effects. At the same time as well, I was spending a lot of time in the sun and the salt water. And I wanted to find something that was for surf hair, basically, or beach hair. And I couldn't really find anything that's met my standards because I was coming off of like sulfate shampoos. Like I kind of had gotten off that and started to use a lot of the paraben free, sulfate free, all of that, but they weren't doing exactly what I wanted and they weren't working the way I wanted and they weren't plastic free. They were all still Mm. in like the plastic bottles. So I was like, well, I have a couple years left in the army. I know that I w- want to get out. It's just not for me anymore. Why don't I try and start something up and try and, and make this offering? So that's kind of where Surf Soap came from. We're a vegan, plastic-free, and ocean-safe hair care and skincare company. That's why my time in hair school kind of comes into play because I use that yeah. um, chemistry and knowledge of the hair and knowledge of the skin to make sure that I was creating something that was safe and gentle. But that also worked with the elements that it's created to work in. I'm imagining this photo op of you holding surf soap next to that sign, like no soap (laughs) and no shampoo. And you're like, "Uh, but not this one. Not this one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'd love to hear about the product itself. How did you go about sourcing the ingredients? How did you figure out what to actually put in it to a like function well as a shampoo, conditioner, all that, and also be ecosystem friendly? So... I first used, I, I just kind of went back to my roots, my like hairdresser roots. I kind of went back and looked through all of my stuff and all of my notes. And then it was a whole lot of research. Luckily, while I was in the army, I also finished my bachelor's degree as well. And I have a bachelor's in science. And so we really learned a lot about proper research. It's really important to take into consideration the peer review and where your research is coming from and where your statistics are coming from. And this could be for anything. I did probably about six or nine months of just straight research. I also wanted to know, okay, what are the pain points of a shampoo bar? Like, why don't people use them all the time? What are the issues with it? How do I make something that is also travel friendly? So you could throw it in your beach bag. You could throw it in your surf bag. Um, so just got on the good old Googles and <laughs> spent months just researching the chemical composition and what actually makes your hair clean and your skin clean and how to restore that moisture as well because you're in the sun, you're in the salt. The bar that we have, it's not just a shampoo, it's a shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. Damn, and three in one. Yeah, I wanted to make it something really, really useful. 
We also have a couple more, but this one that we're talking about, this was my first product. And then after that, I'm like, okay, well, I want to use the best ingredients as well because we want to source responsibly. We want to be as sustainable as possible. And so then came the researching the companies and I wanted to source as close as possible. So some of our ingredients come from farms on the mainland, like just tiny little farms. And then we get some that help us source organic. And like our shea butter is from a woman's co-op in Ghana. And so just making sure that all of it is organic and sustainably sourced and as smart as possible. Also the essential oils. So I don't scent anything with like synthetic fragrances or anything like that. We use a lot of essential oils, but some of those are not sustainable as well because it takes so much Mm. plants (laughs) to create that, that it was like, Mm. okay, so I don't want to use this specific one. Like which ones are... Like eucalyptus? Eucalyptus actually grows pretty fast. So eucalyptus is okay. And it depends on what part of the tree, like if you're using a tree. I stay away from like sandalwood. Mm. Um, It's a slower growing tree, but it also is just really, really hard to source. So things like that. So that was just something that was super important to me was from the get-go to build a company with integrity. Yeah, it's cool to hear you talk about the research part and actually looking at peer-reviewed papers. Because in the beauty industry, there's not a whole lot of regulation around sustainability or like quote-unquote natural products. Right. So you kind of have to like define it yourself and trust that your customers have trust in what you're making. That communication piece is like half the battle, right? Like how have you approached that side of branding surf soap and educating your customers about the sustainability side of things? The branding was super important because there are a lot of like shampoo bars and natural companies coming up. And even the bigger companies are starting to use greenwashing where basically Mm -hmm. you can use like a green color or you do this and it's just like, oh yeah, we're sustainable. So the branding and the education piece was super important and it still is. And it's still a work in progress. I don't think that we have quite nailed it yet. We just started like exploding. So I'm like trying to manage everything. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm excited. It's uh, it's a lot of work, but it's good. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Our whole thing is like balanced, accessible, eco-friendly living. And so I'll put it out in email. I'll use social media a lot. And then we're doing a lot of Instagram lives we have planned with other business owners in the eco community to get their take and to see how they function. Because Mm -hmm. as a mom as well, like I can't be perfect. None of us are perfect. It's really easy to get overwhelmed with all Mm -hmm. of that. So The branding part and the education part right now is kind of a slow grower. It's super important. Once we find what works, I want to be able to really run with it. So I'm kind of experimenting right now. Have you guys just been growing through like organic social? Are you doing paid ads as well? We do do a little bit of paid ads and that allows us to extend our reach. We launched organically and got a really good start. We did a lot of work there with Instagram lives, uh, stories, and then also just being active in our communities. I am in a lot of surf communities, a lot of entrepreneur communities. On our Instagram, we want to support other surfers, other business owners. Like I'm really big in mm. supporting other people and mm. rising tide lifts all boats or whatever. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so that was how we grew organically and we got a really good running start there. And then once we were ready, we started to roll out our ads slowly and we did one month and then we'd look all, at all our analytics and we'd say, okay, it looks like if we bump it up this much, 
will grow this much. And it's been pretty consistent thus far. I don't just want to rely on ads, but we do do a little bit of paid ads as well. Yeah. It just helps widen your net. If you like really understand your target audience, that's how you get the word out. What you mentioned about engagement and interaction, I think a lot of people forget about that piece of social media is like, it's not just about posting pretty pictures, but the point of it is to be social with your community. What have you learned about your audience? Who are they? Where do they hang out? Is it mainly just you interacting with them? So I did have someone uh, helping me launch. She was really, really great. So it was me and her and she would get on and I would get on because she was in Canada. And so I would get this side of the world and she would get that side of the world, which was really (laughs) nice. So we would just interact and we would go on using the explore tab on Instagram as well as super helpful to find Mm. that uh, target audience. So in the early days, that's kind of what we used. We used Explore and we chose our hashtags and started really posting for our hashtags. And then we would see who else was following those hashtags. That was huge. I think that really helped a lot when you kind of narrow down your hashtag and you follow that and then you expand it a little bit to something else and then interact with the people on that. We used to go through and like a lot of stuff, but as we've grown, I noticed that I don't go in there and see who likes. So I go in and comment mm. and I try to be super genuine when I comment. So I'll read people's captions and I'll look at their pictures and I give myself right now. It's like a half hour. We used to do an hour each. So Mm -hmm. once I get my VA going, she'll be able to do that for me. It really doesn't take that long, but you go in there and you just sort of be genuine and really try and give, you know, good comments and go on stories. I used to just let stories run and I just let them run. And whenever someone has like a thumbs up or, you know, the little sliders, mm-hmm. little sliders or a little poll, just interact. And we've actually gotten a lot of follows that way. You get a lot more eyes because people are looking at their analytics and they're like, oh, who's this? You know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that was a really good True. way to organically grow. My main thing is I want to get this out to my surfers. I want to get this out to my ocean lovers. And I was like, okay, so who's on the coast, California and Florida, and then obviously Hawaii. But we have had, I want to say, eight or nine customers from Alaska. They love the better butter because apparently it's really dry up there. We've Uh. had people in the Great Lakes area that are all about it. And then I just actually sent a box out to a customer whose son is going to be going all over Indonesia and Thailand and really wants to take something like that with him. And so it's actually been really interesting because when you're starting a brand and you're starting a company, you want to look at your target customer and you want to mold your message to fit that customer. And for us, I was like, okay, surfers, whatever. And it's more about people who are looking for something eco-friendly, ocean-friendly, but also Mm -hmm. that works. And it's just been all over the United States. It's been really surprising, actually. And we've gotten a lot of good feedback. People have been so responsive and so incredibly kind. That's awesome. So have you been getting like rave reviews from customers using the products? We have, which, you know, is really scary for a company owner. You like send your baby out there and you're like, I hope people like it. Um, The one thing that I did do that I think was super helpful for us as a product-based business, especially a cosmetics business, Mm -hmm. was I set up a group. I asked for volunteers via my Facebook groups that I had been really active in. 
and I set up a group and I called them my shapers because in the surf world, you have your surfboard shapers. And so I was like, I want these guys to shape the product. I love and that. before we launched, I sent out our first three products and I had them tested and I had them give me feedback and our products went all over the world. They went to the UK, went to the Cayman Islands, went to Italy. And so that was how I really got targeted feedback. And then we brought the the product to market. So once we got all of that feedback, I was a lot more confident about what I was sending out. And so we had our launch and we sent everything out. We actually just got our 500th order yesterday. Which was so excited. <gasps> Congrats. So excited. Wow. Um, thank you. It was really exciting. How long has it gotten- been since you launched? We launched in November, but we really started selling in um, like January. Oh we my really gosh. started like opening up. So. so like not even six months. Yeah. So it's really get fun. it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the feedback that I do get, um, I always take it and try and improve upon it. So we've gotten a lot of people that love the product, but want an unscented product. Okay. So mm-hmm. I already have one coming down the line. Why don't we try to make it unscented? Cause there's a lot mm. of, uh, need for that apparently. And I think that's the nice thing about being a small business too, is we've got eyes on all of that. So we can really tailor our product to our customers. Yeah. Did you find that after you got that feedback, you like tweak the actual formulation? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) especially with our conditioner. So we have a rehab balm and it's like a leave-in conditioner, but it's also like a frizz tamer and a detangler, but it is made with no fillers and it's really condensed. And so Mm. just a teeny tiny bit goes a really long way. So that was really hard to nail down to where it wasn't too greasy but it's still moisturized because we're not using silicones as well. What Mm. a lot of people don't know is those conditioners have a ton of silicones in it and we're plastic free and silicone is plastic. Mm. So I wanted to take a lot of that out. So we're using natural oils and butters and you need a lot less of those things than Mm. you do with the silicone. And the thing with the silicones is like, because they're plastic, they go into the ocean and they don't biodegrade, right? Yeah. It's mm. all just about the microplastics at that point. <sighs> Those poor turtles. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but also on the unscented thing, like that has really taken off as, I don't want to say trend, but more people are into that. My fiance uses scent-free shampoo just mm-hmm. because he prefers that. But I think more and more people have like skin issues and allergies. So that's always yeah. nice to have as an option. Exactly. And I didn't know that because I love the scented stuff. I love how, I love essential oils and how they smell. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because then it, it's a nice, it's a nice little spa treatment too. Right. And then you're walking mm-hmm. around, oh, my hair smells so good. Yeah. Beyond surfers, have you gotten people request it for like camping trips and stuff? Because that's, I feel like I would use it for that. Yeah. Like we outdoor. have a couple RVers, someone on the Appalachian Trail. Well, she was one of my first unscented. She was like, I don't want something scented, but I want this product. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. We get a lot of campers. Like I said, people in the Great Lakes. I have a couple of really great customers out there that they... They come back and they write me little notes and it's nice. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. I want to talk about how you manage your time because you're a mom and you have a day job and you're working uh, on surf soap. I'm just very tired. Uh, oh no. <laughs> like, what do your days look like typically? So I have like a little typical schedule and then there has been the past couple of weeks where we've been like putting out fires like crazy because... Mm-hmm. Shipping to Hawaii is in 
insanely expensive and also they just changed all of their rules so I can't get some of my ingredients. Oh no. So it's been really interesting. So aside from that, time management, huge, right? Especially as an active duty soldier, taking advantage of the extra time you have is so important. I am usually the busy body. I always have something going on. Yeah. And so... Especially with with managing a (laughs) three-year-old. Ever since we had her, she's always been on a schedule. If anyone Mm -hmm. maybe has young kids or is thinking about having kids and, and also running their own business from the time they're born, put them on a schedule. And so now I have a reliable schedule with her. So that comes into play. My biggest thing, especially as a mom, an entrepreneur, um, and a woman living in this world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I try to make time for myself. I am still getting over the guilt part of it, but Mm. I make it a point because I see that it makes a difference. So I get up pretty early. I try to get up earlier than everyone. It's like a mom's plight. Like the only time you get to yourself is zero dark 30. So I get up at five o'clock and I will either walk my dog and do yoga or I'll go surfing. Thankfully, now we're in the summer, so the sun comes up a little earlier, so I can squeak out, you know, 30 more minutes of surf before I come home. Then I have my coffee, and then I kind of hang out with my daughter before she goes to school. She goes to preschool right now, and we just hang out, we get ready, and I either I get ready to go to work, or if it's an off day or I've taken leave, then I'll get right into surf soap. So mm. one way or the other, I start work at nine. I'm lucky enough where I have like an office job. We're typically in the office unless we have to go out and perform some sort of mission. But during lunch, I will bring my laptop to work with me and then I will work on surf soap during lunch and then come home from work and make dinner, do mom stuff. I try to make time for my daughter. Her name's Ellie. I try to make time for Ellie mm. in the afternoon. After she goes to bed, it's usually more work or I hang out with my husband, Ben. So right now it's a really full schedule and we're trying to build to a space where we can do what we want and have like a less full schedule. Yeah. Um, but that will not be for another couple of years. So the way that I've managed it is like chunking that time out. So, hey, from five to seven, I'm doing something for myself. From seven to eight, I'm doing something with the family. Having that in my head and having my spouse know that has been really helpful. You have to be disciplined about using that time as well, because Mm. sometimes all I want to do is go take a nap at lunch because I'm so freaking tired. Like, (laughs) I'm just like, I just want to lay down. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's things that need to be done or you're not going to get the time to do it later, or you're not going to feel like doing it later. Just do it. Just get it done. I think all of us have small pockets of time that we could use better. Think YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Like Those are little pockets of time where if you're like, I want to run a business. I want to run a marathon. I want to do this. Okay. Write down your goals and work on them in those little pieces of time that you have throughout the day. And I even use my commute. I have Audible and I listen to my books and I'll switch from like, nice, easy to listen to like fiction books. And then I go to my business books and then I Mm. swap back and forth. It sounds like every hour of your day is accounted for, like for the most part. Mostly. Yeah. Sundays, I try to take a break. Sundays, I you know don't set an alarm and I take a day off and I just do whatever. Mm. But yeah, it's been busy lately. So (laughs) sounds like it. So how do you and Ben manage or co-manage things like in the household? And does he have a full-time job as well? He does right now. So we try really hard to communicate really well with each other. And it is a work in progress. I will just say that. Like, nobody's perfect. (laughs) We're definitely not perfect. We fight a lot. Um, Especially 
with the company. Like we used to be like, Oh, we don't, we don't ever fight. We really like each other. Now it's been like, ah. <laughs> you know, so communication is a work in progress. We kind of sat down and we're like, what chores do you not like to do? Okay. Well, I'll do that one. Mm. And you do this one. Like, I don't really like to do dishes. So he'll do dishes and I'll do laundry. And we try our best to stay on a schedule for like the household chores. And mm. we pick up after each other where needed. He also does all of the logistics and the finance for Surf Soap as well. Luckily, he's a web designer. He works from home. So he switches back and forth between both jobs during the day. So he gets that stuff done during oh, nice. the day. And then we kind of do our Ellie thing and do our dinner thing. And then we take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Mm. Lately, he's been helping me press all the bars. He's he's what oh. makes the shampoo bar so pretty with our, like I said, we've been exploding. So I've just been like, I need your help. So he'll hop in wherever is needed. Communication is huge. And just knowing that when things get super stressful like this, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be friction. And you just have to deal with it and then just wake up the next day and keep on going. So I don't work directly with my fiance, but now we like share a workspace. So uh-huh. there's been like tension over the last year with just work from home. But we it's have hard. An it, it is hard just like cohabiting <laughs> with anyone for 24 hours yeah. a day. <laughs> But we have this unspoken rule that we don't go to bed angry. We yeah. did one time and it was terrible. We both didn't sleep <laughs> all night. But do you guys have a similar thing where you make sure to resolve your arguments? That's so funny because I am totally that way. I'm always like the first one to apologize. And my oh. thing this year has been to be unapologetic because there's some things that I shouldn't. Yes apologize for. And Ben doesn't believe in that. He's like, just, just go to bed. It'll get over in the morning. So I'm sorry. I make him sound really negative. He's, he's a very good person. Um, but he, it's funny because everyone's like, don't go to bed angry. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. I go to bed angry a lot. Sometimes we just go to bed and sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and I go sleep on the couch because I can't sleep. But the next day we just sort of let it roll off. And if it needs to be talked about, we'll talk about it when we're in a better headspace. So Mm. there's a time and a place for it. I feel like you guys could set an alarm, be like, all right, we have 30 minutes to yell at each other. And then, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like in the ring. (laughs) Right. And then we'll be done. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. I'll set up <laughs> next time. We'll just argue. Love it. Do you consider him your co-founder? Yes. He's very much my, my partner. I'm super individualistic. That's been one of our pain points as well, because I've always wanted to run my own company and I want to call the shots and I have a very specific way that I want things done. But he's definitely, I couldn't have done this without him as much as mm. I would love to be like, Oh, I did this all by myself. Like he's been (laughs) just super great. And he's the one that designs all of our logos and our labels and our boxes. Mm. So he's been just an integral part of our team. He's definitely co-founder. I I feel like I made it sound like we fight a lot, but we don't fight a lot, but (laughs) (laughs) it happens when things get stressful. (laughs) Right, right, right. There's a lot of emotions when it comes to an early stage business. Definitely. I'm sure you're both like learning a ton and every day there's new fires to put out. So it's all part of the process. So on top of all of this, apparently you also run Ironman marathons. I used to. So yeah, so I used to. I stopped a couple of years ago because I was overtraining. Um, mm. I'm the type of person that goes 100% into everything. I did that a lot while I was in Korea. 
But yeah, right now, that's why I say I go on a walk or I walk mm. my dog. It was something that I really, really, really loved, but it was also something that ended up not being as good for my body as you would think. As with everything, there is a balance. Yes. So currently I don't. If Ellie ever gets interested in it, I'm sure I'll go back to running. I actually love like trail running. That's my favorite. Yeah. So like long distance I just, trail running? Yeah. Like oh my God. You're 50 Ks. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I can't even, Oh, I can't even imagine. I'm like cool with a 5k. Right. <laughs> that's, that's my happy. That's zone. probably all I'll be able to do now. I'm like, whatever. You guys yeah. can go do that. I've done my time. I've done my six hour runs. Like I'm over yeah, it. Check. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Those things are intense. Cause it's like a whole day, but you're mm-hmm. training for months, but you did learn about discipline through running yeah. these races. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? So that's one of the things that really helped teach me how to manage my time, right? Because especially when you're training for an Ironman, you're working out two, four, six hours a day. And I'm in the army and I was a private at the time. So I'm the lowest, wow. the low okay. rank. And so you have to do everything. So we'd have PT at 630 and I would wake up at four to do my runs. And then I'd go to PT and then I'd work all day on the helicopters. So they used to be a helicopter mechanic. Whoa. And, and then I'd get off work and work out again. And that's like all I did. That really taught me the value of putting in the time. Even though I wouldn't be able to go to parties, I wouldn't be able to go hang out, but it was worth it to be able to do some of the stuff I did and to wake up on Saturday mornings clear headed was also really nice. Mm, uh, yes. <laughs> so discipline, especially in the army, it's kind of instilled in you. The biggest thing for me is like, know where you're going and use the time you have, use what you have and the resources you have and don't make excuses. Just go do it. I wish there was like some magic formula, but really discipline is all about just doing it. And some days it's really really hard. And sometimes I don't do it. Like I struggled a lot, especially the past couple of years with a lot of depression and mm. it, runs, it runs in my family and I've never wanted to be on medication for it. So I try to manage it with whatever I can, meditation, yoga, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Um, and if you have a day where you're like, I just need a day, like I can't do it. I'm just going to sit on my phone. Give yourself, you know, the 12 or 24 hours, give yourself that permission and give yourself that empathy. And then the next day or the next couple hours, move on. And, and do it. It's going to suck sometimes. And I think everyone should run a marathon because it just translates into life so well. You train a lot for it. You prepare for it and you go out the gate and you're feeling good. Say you start the business, like starting a business is the most fun thing for me. I have so many business ideas and I just think it's so fun to think through the strategy. Mm-hmm. And so you get out the gate, you're running with everyone, you're feeling good. And there's this thing called, it's basically like mile 18 and it's called the wall. Mm. And, and it pretty much happens to every runner I've met. You basically hit this wall and you're like, Oh, what did I just do? Like, what the heck did I just get myself into? Like, I am the dumbest person in the world. Why am I here? I can be <laughs> sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, chilling out. <laughs> Seriously. <like. laughs> and you really hit this wall. And that's where the mental part of running comes in. Where it's like, I, I need to just keep going, slog through if you have to jog, walk, whatever get through that mile 18. And once you get to about mile 20, you're like, okay, okay. I've only got six. Now I've only got three. Now I've only got one. Mm. And at the end you feel really good and you're really tired and you're like, okay, I'm going to go smash a whole entire pizza. And then the (laughs) next day you're like, (laughs) yeah, you're like, I'm going to go ahead and do that again. I think I'm going to sign up for another one. It really does translate really well to life as far as I've experienced it. Cause you have a goal, you want to get to this finish line. And 
you get out the gate, you're excited, everything's fresh, everything's new. And then comes the consistency part. So when you're running a business and when you're an entrepreneur, consistency is what gets most people. Your Instagram starts to drop off. Your communication starts to drop off. And there's so many apps nowadays that can help you schedule everything and automate everything for you that there's no excuse for it. And you just have to sit down and take the time to schedule all of that. In the past couple of weeks, we've had some major emergencies <laughs> um, that we're still trying to figure out while on the outside being like, everything's cool, guys. Like, everything's mm. fine. we're still here. And we're still getting product out to people. But it's just like, we're at that like, oh my gosh, what do we do? How do we get this stuff here? How do we make sure that this is good stuff? We're starting to run out and it takes like two weeks to get here. And so just all of this stuff is like my mile 18 where I've taken a week of leave this week and I've worked probably 14 hours a day. I'm really wanting to avoid that burnout. And that's why I'm like every email and every review is like the best thing ever for me. I read mm. every single one. There's this point of like, how do you keep going? And you just have to figure it out. This separates the cans from the cannots. Like, do you really want this? Is this something that's really good for you? Is this something that you really want? Because it sounds great. Mm -hmm. Own a business, they said. Own a company, they said. It would be fun. They said, no, it's a lot of hard work. And you go from working 40 hours a week to 100 plus hours a week. So just getting through that and making sure that's something you really want, that's like your mile 18. And I believe that after I get through that, once we get our processes really nailed down and get our ingredients coming in and everything, we'll get onto that mile 20 and I'll be able to get to that finish line. For me, the finish line is being able to work full time at Surf Soap. So I'm just mm. I'm finishing out my contract in the army and our goal is to basically replace my income that I'm getting right now to be able to run the business. So for anyone that's kind of in that messy middle and in that mile 18, I would just say really assess and make sure that it is something that you want to do because it is hard and it doesn't get easier. It just gets more complicated and mm -hmm. then just keep keep pushing forward keep going. What mile do you think you're at now? Probably the mile 18. It's really <gasps> rough. Right now. Oh my God. Like, it's really rough. I have, um, I have a year left. We're on track. We're on goal. It's just the, now that we're buying in more bulk, we're like medium fish. We're not little fish anymore. Figuring out how to get that here because mm. like nobody ships to Hawaii. So if anyone who's listening right. is wondering why things from Hawaii are so expensive, it's because everything has to go to California and then it has to get shipped over here. Amazon won't ship certain things here. They just stopped shipping a lot of our packaging supplies. So now I'm like, oh my okay, gosh, where do I get that? Um, so is Amazon Prime even available in Hawaii? Yeah, but it takes like five days. Okay. <laughs> and in DC, in DC, we could do like same day. And so now I'm like, okay, oh you better make sure what you want. So that is an interesting problem within itself. As you were talking about the like, you have to tell your customers and on social, like, look like everything's fine. Do you know yeah. that meme? There's a meme of like a cartoon dog who's like sitting, sitting in, in the, the house on house. fire. Yeah. <laughs> like Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. If you yeah. want to know what running a business is like, just look at that meme. That's what it's like. <laughs> that should just be like the logo of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, any tips on hiring a good VA? So what I did actually was I contacted my boss for my very, very first job. He is someone I've always looked up to. And we kind of lost contact. And I just randomly texted him. I was like, hey... I'm about to start interviewing people. What are some of your tips? And so I'm going to kind of take them from him because I just really did this for the first time. And then I'll kind of give my two cents. But basically he was uh, his biggest tip. His only tip was 
attitude is better than aptitude, at least Mm. at first, of course. And so I had talked to a couple people and I'm actually hiring two different positions right now. And one is just my sort of blog manager, blog writer. But I talked to this girl and luckily she's like right in the neighborhood because I posted on the neighborhood Mm -hmm. page. Like I said, just get in every group that you can because using your resources is huge. And she is in high school, just like I was when I first started my first job. And she really impressed me. Her texts were full words, like she was using <laughs> like real sentences, which is more than can be said for some of the people that I've already talked to. So what I was looking for as far as a VA, biggest thing is time management, because for me, crap has got to be on time, especially like when everything is scheduled. And so that was the biggest thing for me was how do you manage your time? And okay, first thing, are they on time for their interview? And it's a Zoom interview. Can they figure out a Zoom interview? Because Mm. you're going to be working remote. Can you figure out a Zoom interview? Can you figure out how to get a hold of me if you can't get on a Zoom? Like just sort of Mm. judging someone by just their ability to show up. And then for me, goals are a huge thing because building surf soap is two parts for me. The first part is the ocean education and the ocean-friendly product. That's my customer-facing part. The other part is the actual running of the company. And for me, it's not about making money. It is about building and growing people and and building them and giving them opportunities to grow further, giving them some of the things that I did and did not have. In my first job, I had a really good boss. I learned a lot. And then I had consecutive jobs after that that was like, it, it just wasn't a growth opportunity. And so I look for someone that I can grow with and that is able to grow within the company, whether that means that they stay with our company or that they leave to go get an even higher position or whatever. My biggest thing is being able to give people opportunities for growth. And so that's what I look at for someone like a VA. How can you manage your time? What are your goals and how they, how they speak? We're Mm -hmm. a surf company. So we speak a little bit differently. We act a little bit differently. We're really like chill and spread aloha. We're in Hawaii. So I want you to be happy. I want you to be excited. I want you to take it seriously. That's the other thing. As a small company, a lot of people don't take you seriously. And that's really Mm -hmm. frustrating. I've also worked with other small companies that don't take themselves seriously. So I can see Mm -hmm. why but give them the benefit of the doubt and take everything seriously. I love that you embody these two very different sides of like the chill surfer vibe, but also <laughs> like the very serious disciplined army side. Yeah. Bring that together. <laughs> awesome. This was really fun to chat with you. If listeners are interested in learning more or checking out the products, where can they find you guys? We are all over social. So you can get, you can get to us at surfsoap.com. Uh, and then you can follow us. We're surf underscore soap on Twitter and Instagram. And then on Facebook, we're surf soap company. And then we also have a YouTube. You have to just search Ooh. surf soap co Hawaii and it'll come up. We love to chat with people. If you have any questions, I usually try to check all the emails at least once a day. So we're all over just surf soap.com. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kayla. Thank you, Jane. I really appreciate it. It's been an awesome time. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. I'd love to hear what you got out of this episode. Take a picture of where you're listening from and tag me on a story at Inside Out with Jane. I'll be back here next Tuesday. And in the meantime, chat with you online. Bye.